0: Welcome back to True Detective Night Country, a podcast brought to you by the DVR Podcast Network. Check us out at DVRpodcast.com. And of course, you can support the podcast by becoming a patron like Bobby, who's very happy about the Packers win, but Solo, who is not. Sorry, Solo. Sorry, I brought that up at the beginning of the pod. Go to Patreon.com slash DVR. Join the crew. You can hear us talk about so many other things, including football. We do a show called Around the Couch, as well as many other podcasts. Heath and I, of course, most famously, Mindhunter, baby. Go back, check out our Mindhunters. They're the best. My name's Axel. Of course, with me is Heath. We're going to dive into all six episodes of True Detective Night Country, which are written and directed by our showrunner, Issa Lopez. She has written and directed all the episodes. We did a little preview episode where we talked about that. You can also join the conversation on our Facebook page, which is very lively. Just search Daily DVR, a TV and film podcast on Facebook. Today, we've got a lot of feedback from Facebook. Uh, Just search that again, Daily DVR, a film and TVR podcast. And before I forget, please do give us a review on iTunes, Spotify. Write it with spray paint on the wall. Whatever you want to do, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. We appreciate it. That's it. That's my big intro. I feel like, I figure it was the first episode. I got to do like a written type of intro solo, but now we're just going to wing it. True Detective. Why do you have to
1: give away all the secrets, man? It's True Detective. <laughs> You're giving away the clues. Oh, you know, no. Because notes, I'm,
0: I'm breaking down why? the mythology behind the podcast itself. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We're going in the spiral. Time is a flat circle. We're dealing with it here. We're in the we're in the Alaskan tundra. It's been five years. We just discovered five years since season three of True Detective that we covered. So if you heard us back then. It's been half a decade. That's crazy. Um, but we're back. We've watched the first episode, episode one of True Detective season four, Night Country. She's awake. Are we awake solo? How did you feel about it?
1: Man, I this awoke me many times. <laughs> I looked behind me in my recliner when I was watching the episode when she's awake first appeared. I'm like, wait, hey, whoa. Uh, no, I they, as we talked about in the preview pod, you know, we got a brand new showrunner, new vision. Uh, it was pitched for kind of a different type of show, but then the powers that be got involved and said, wait a minute, this could be a true detective franchise type thing. And so here we are right off the bat. They suck you into the Alaskan terrain. It turning to night, the cold, how people live the various lights, this little set pieces. I was so drawn into the world building right off the bat. I was so drawn in. I put the AC on really cold just so I could feel like I'm there. I I tend to do that when I'm dealing with uh, shows that are uh, shot in Iceland, I guess, because this was takes place in Ennis, Alaska, which is a fictional town, but they actually shot it in Iceland because of the better tax breaks. Nice. Um, and Mur- murder at the end of the world, another pod you and Ando yeah. covered on the DVR Podcasting Network, shot in Iceland. So uh, Iceland getting a lot of love, uh, but yeah, no, I, I totally, totally in. I love the characters, I love the town and everything. I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm upset. It's only six parts, <laughs> but yeah. I'm okay. At least we got six. You know, I wanted that extra eight because, with especially with True Detective, Axel, I know you feel the same. I love not only the mystery, but just getting into the, the the head of the characters and going on this journey. And true detective like Mine Hunter did, Mayor of Kingstown does this. It's just I get so, like I feel like I'm there yep. with everyone. Yeah, and it's just it's just a great experience.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you, Solo. I was blown away. I expected from the production team. And the the folks in front of the camera, Jodie Foster, of course, John Hawks, who we knew. Now seeing uh, Kelly Reese, I think is hopefully is a correct pronunciation. She's fucking amazing. What a face. There's so many great faces. We talk about that a lot, like with actors and casting. The casting Mm -hmm. for this show is awesome. Every time somebody comes on the screen, I want to look at their face. They're giving us fat close-ups and interesting people. And um, yeah, the whole thing just sucked me right in. The station is amazing. I want to live there automatically. I wanted to build the whole thing out of Lego. It was so cool. <laughs> you know, I love it. was like
1: a bunch of Dahmer stations. <laughs>
0: it was front, so you know, cool, it man. Yes, it was. It was awesome. I was looking for Desmond uh, on the bike. It was even in French. <laughs> um But uh, even though I don't, Desmond wasn't French, but um, it was, you know, it's actually snowing here uh, just outside of Portland. It snowed and we're supposed to get an ice storm actually rolling in as we speak, as we record. So I don't know. I I just, I thought the whole world it created, the way that they brought you in. I mean, we start out the episode with what's effectively like three cold opens, we get the whole deer, the hunter, then the deer or whatever those are, antelope, whatever, jumping off a cliff, right?
1: Reindeer, we, maybe. I mean, it seemed very reindeerish, yeah, but I, I don't. Maybe. I'm not an expert, but but they all have deer, in pretty much yes. they're all in that family.
0: Exactly, so.
1: they are in the family. <laughs> so we'll call them deer. So they're, we'll in call them the deer. deer they're in then the deer family. Then we
0: get introduced to this, the, the 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 sal salal arctic robert salah Salah, arctic research station um and it of course ends with the guys making his tiktok video of his sandwich or whatever and then his buddy behind him starts shaking and and then he goes she's awake then we jump to the fedex guy or the delivery guy given the you know looking around nobody's there we see somebody run in the background though right down the hall little There was
1: like a shadow or some, whether it's a spirit, a creature, a human, Mm. we don't know, but then we'll be discussing that as we go. But that to me was one of the shockers because I wasn't expecting anyone there, but then you're like, okay, because you look at it, Axel, and you're like, okay, is it a murder? Is it something supernatural? Is it the spirit world? Is it, you know, dot, dot, dot. Is it, You know, John Hughes.
0: Mental illness. People (laughs) people going insane. Being out, right? Like the impending. We have the impending night. This is this. This would have taken place. What they find them three days after. So it was kind of the night of, right? Perhaps that this. Yeah, it was as
1: soon. Yeah, it was as soon as the sun set. The reindeer went nuts. They like they're barking up. They're barking up to the sky. And there, you could tell when they weren't when,
0: too bad, little was, CG, but I liked it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it was a little, it was interesting how, you know, they, f- they focused on her, uh, on the raid Deer's eyes and then you saw it get dark and then they just went ballistic and did pretty much like a mass suicide. So in the way, everything, like you said, three days later, everything's the same in that Salah station that, you know, right when that must have happened right when it went to dark. Everything must have just happened because everything was in its place. Like even that sandwich was still in the same yep, place yeah, it was. When right. He, he didn't even down. get to finish
0: his TikTok. I wonder, did he get likes? Are we going to see that? Did they turn the phone on and watch what happened? Yeah. Right. Did they? I want to see. I want They didn't get. There was a lot of questions I still had, but that one little scene set up so much. Um, and we, you know, we can call it solo. I'm looking at it now. It's Salal Arctic Research Station, so it's TARS. So we could just call it TARS if we wanted to. I think that's oh, okay. Oh,
1: Kate Blanchett,
0: multiple. Oh yeah.
1: TARS. Oh, oh my
0: god. And by the way, Tar, thats the 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 cinematographer who shot that movie, shot this uh this episode in all of them. Same writer, director. That's right. And cinematographer. This is really. I know people get sick of hearing like it's just a big movie but this really felt like it this I mean the direction the acting this was top notch man you do I don't think you get television I mean this is film quality this is what we've come to in as of far course, as motion yeah. picture moving pictures go there's really not too much of a difference nowadays but this was the whole thing was awesome
1: but this um, show is so elite And it separates itself from so much other television that we, it gets lost because we have so many series and different things coming out, streaming, everything just thrown at us. And they're all quality, but there's levels of quality, you know, but true detective is on its own up there with the mind hunters of the world, in my opinion. And, and and it just shows, and they're able to throw more money at it. I get it. But the talent involved, like a lot of people, um, wouldn't recognize the director showrunner, right? Maybe, you know, if you watch some of her foreign films or whatever, but like, what a talent and for HBO and the powers that be to believe in this talent and to get a Jodie Foster on a John Hawks on a Fiona Shaw on that speaks volumes. And she already like hit the nail right off the bat in this first episode. But yeah. one thing I will say again, when that guy was convulsing Axel and he goes, she's awake, it almost like it felt like when he when he said she's awake, it almost feel like she, he knows who she is based on his reaction. If you go back and listen to him, it's not just like she's awake or she's awake. It's like, she's awake. Like I knew there was, I can't believe this is happening. I know who this is. That's the impression I got. So I'm wondering if the connection of course, with the station, we'll talk about the parka and everything, how that is connected. Um, but so, like the second time I watched it twice, and the second time I watched it, I noticed that right off the bat, and I was like, "Wow, that's there's so many little details. You don't know, you don't know to be like that's something, or is is it going to be something later on? Is it? You know." And that's the great thing about True Detective; they give you the those you know, little, little details, but you're not sure which direction to go with them or you could be overthinking it, which I do a lot, but it's just, it's just, again, some food for thought getting started here.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, yeah, I I was sucked right in. There's a lot going on. Who's awake? She's awake. I, I do have a lot of thoughts about this and the connections. I've been, you know, in preparation for this, I did try to read some interviews because I noticed that um, our showrunner wasn't being too spoilery and giving very good answers as far as the depth went without providing too many details. Right, And I think that there were connections that were kind of added to the story to come make the connection. But I think that the story itself, when you look at what the other stories were, um, maybe a little less so, The are Mahershala Ali, which was kind of really centered on those two dudes, you know, um, and mm-hmm. friendship in that way, and time. This doesn't, this has, has the thematic connections already we're seeing from the first episode. I find it to be more overtly supernatural than any of the seasons, even the first season. Because remember the first season, a lot of this supernatural, esoteric, spiritual, or kind of new agey stuff that's in there just comes from Matthew McConaughey talking so much right? Right. And right. then we, yes. the, in the end, yes, there is this kind of cult around this, what the yellow King and there's that right. this whole mythology behind it and needing sacrifices and stuff. And it also has to do with inequities in America, right? Like they were feeding off certain people that were weaker than them or that they perceived to be weaker than them. Um, and this story sets up similar Kind of uh, ideas to that, but I think is because it has the kind of more, I guess, Alaskan uh, indigenous. I and uh, I mean they talk about it too at some at certain point. She's like, "What did your spirit animal tell you? What what's happened?" <laughs> like, but then again, we see things like that happening in the sh- actually happening, right? Like. When the dead guy leads the woman, I think it's her, either her son or her husband, we don't find out, right? That's yeah. overtly supernatural. And they guess what? There's the people like, you know what I'm saying? like it, our evidence right. from watching the show is that she was in her, maybe that's in her mind, but somehow she knew where they were going to be and were able to find them without freezing to death. She like went right to them, right? So that is a little bit different. But I think also you do have some of the stuff from the first season, second season too, which is kind of like the masculine feminine energies, right? Like the oppositional things that, we, that you had there too. Also in, in the way of power dynamics. And in this case, we're researching a case of a woman who was an activist, right? Who was uh, trying to stop the land from being um, abused, and and maybe standing up for her people, indigenous people's rights? But then she's so. Right. But the reason why um, we have uh, what's her name, Callie, is so drawn to the case. Uh, Evangeline Navarro is so dr- drawn to the case is how they treated her body, right? Like what the disgust that she like. That it.
1: Oh yeah, thirty-two stab yeah. wounds. after she was repeatedly dead, repeatedly after her teeth she was out. dead. Yeah, like and cutting her tongue, and, and yeah. so yeah. And but but before we move on, I wanted to backtrack just a little bit when you're talking about the supernatural and it. Where in past True Detectives, the theme was there, but it wasn't like here. And I think because of the setting, because yeah, you're definitely. in Alaska, because it's cold and dark and. The indigenous tribes and in which believe in the spirit world, it, it it it's it's already there, but they but um they do such a great job at not force feeding it to you, but that it, it's right. just common knowledge. Yeah,
0: dude. Right. That's what I mean when when the little yeah, comments. Yeah, that's why I, I wanted
1: to continue. <laughs> uh, no, please <laughs> do.
0: Uh, but you're absolutely that's right. What?
1: <laughs> that's why. No, no, no. I was saying, (laughs) you go, that's exactly what I said. No, I was just saying, yes, that's why I wanted to expound on it, because you are exactly right. Go, Axel.
0: No, you're exactly right.
1: No, how dare you, sir? You're, (laughs) oh, wait, we're not in a courtroom drama. No, but, you know, and then when I was thinking that, you automatically think like how Devers, um, Danvers, sorry, I'm looking at Raphael Devers from the Boston Red Sox. When Danvers is putting the pieces together and sees the parka and the cut, and then the the one um, biologist or physicist or whatever who had this parka on, and and so they go into uh, Raymond Clark's room to see if the park is there later later on. It you at first you just kind of think, okay, the people at the station. You know, I start thinking like Wind River, right? <laughs> Snow guy, guys there who attack a girl, and you know, and that that's kind of you know, that's happened so many times before. But then I started thinking, what if it's not just that, which I don't think it is? What you know, what if it's something else that did this to her? And that's one of the things we gotta start thinking, is is it some spiritual being some creature, some something supernatural. I don't know if it'll be, it, it could be because true detective will sometimes get you on different ways and shows you things, and then it's the basic thing at the end. Um, sometimes something that was right in front of you, so it could be just that. But because of what they've established in this world, I almost feel like it, it won't be just cut and dry as a cold case. And these people did this tour, and you know, and it doesn't you know she could have had a relationship with someone at the station it, it necessarily wasn't people at the station but when the guy goes she's awake like he knows it almost feels like we did something bad to her and now she's coming to get us kind yeah. of feel but that's the yeah. that's what this show is doing it's it's making you think in all different directions
0: yeah definitely dude um i think when when he said she, well we hear that How many times do we hear she's awake two or three times?
1: At least three, because um, it was said at the station. And then we get this weird connection with Danvers and Navarro. You get, they're both in separate places. You, they both hear she's awake. They're both brushing their teeth and they both, one sees a stuffed polar bear. One sees a real polar bear Ah. and it's all in that section there. So I don't know if that's just they're connected, bringing yeah. them together they're back all- on the case, <laughs> or it's something spiritual that's yeah. connecting them. Well, there's
0: a couple things like that where we just tune out. There's a little Twin Peaksiness going on here, where they just yeah. show us something really quick, and we're like, "Hmm, is that really even where? Where's that from? Where does that exist? Even when they." Uh, and at, at the end of the credits, or there's kind of like a picture of just like I think like the eating area or like a common area in TARS when they put the episode title and director and writer on the screen. And it was almost mm-hmm. like. It I I like that where it's you're kind of like is this something that they're dreaming are they awake is there happening, and we do see that too. There's two times with Danvers who, by the way, because I was thinking in my head, isn't Carol Danvers someone? And that's that's um Captain that's uh Miss Marvel or Cap- yeah not Captain Marvel Miss Marvel or yeah Captain Marvel from. Uh-huh from the marvel superheroes is carol danvers i'll defer to you this is liz Danvers. i'll defer to you i googled it i googled it but um thank god
1: it's not smith and then we would really be (laughs) there's
0: a point at which when she's walking i can't remember i think when i think it might be when she first is walking into this into the station or somewhere else and she kind of flashes back to whatever accident seems to have maybe killed her husband who seems to be the well, father of the kids, but not they're her stepkids. Right. So, yeah,
1: I, I remember the, the one flashes when the, uh, when was it Stacy that crashes her car and she's, she's walking that's it. towards Thank her. Thank you. And then she gets a flash yep. where it's, it's brighter and you see, so it looks like during the daytime, yep. And you see her foot or somebody's foot, but it seems to correlate with uh, Danvers. Um, And so, yeah, that's when you see that. And it was like, whoa, whoa. It was just one little flash. And she stopped for a little bit and then kept walking.
0: Yeah. And then when she has that dream and then she bends down and picks up the polar bear She's and there's some like a kid, maybe her son was killed in the accident. I'm thinking because there's a little boy, and I think the boy whispers she's awake to him, to her. Like, and then you see the hand kind of on her when she gets up in bed and sits, and then she pulls the bear. Is that really? Is she awake? Is that real? is that still part of the dream there's a couple of things that's what i thought with the polar bear too i wasn't sure whether that was really there's a couple other little f- parts like that too when the when the camera's just kind of roving around the station too where i was like what's really happening here too they and they really add to a sense of that we're starting to feel like the fact that um, her sister is kind of having a mental breakdown, right? She gets called out to her sisters and it turns out that her sisters had some problems. She says, I'm not like mom uh, Evangeline's Mm -hmm. sister that this darkness and everything is going to make things kind of more crazy. Like this episode may be the tamest, like, we're going to go more into this kind of stuff. And you're right. In the end, it may be that this is just the strange path that leads them to figuring it out, that it was just some dude that killed this woman or, you know, what's going on at the station, which those, I don't know, those bodies, you know, in the... But either way, I fucking love it, dude.
1: Yeah, so... to. Jules, which is Navarro's Navarro's sister. Yeah. You know, she claims that someone was in her room and uh the officer, the Cooper was his name Cooper? Now I'm thinking Twin Peaks. I don't know. I can't remember if his name is Cooper or something. I don't know why Cooper's coming up. But anyway, it was like, well, the, the door was bolt shut and what, but again, that could be something like a spirit or something. There's gotta be a reason why I mean she, they could just be telling her she suffers from mental problems and that's just something navarro's trying to um or there's something to that there could be some spirit in her room that she saw i don't know maybe that shadow that went by you know at the station i mean we don't know but it's interesting yeah um to think about that it's um, all cuckoo, man. Because, yeah no it's and i liked, you know they gave us a lot of stuff axel you know dealing with you know potential mental, you know, issues, abuse, um, of course, heavy drinking in a dark Alaskan town. I mean, there's so many, and then, you know, the accident and, and then it, there's so much thrown at you, but it's done in such a way that I don't feel overwhelmed. It, it I, You know, normally with a, cause it's not your traditional info dump, it's done in a way where they're not explaining everything. Even, you know, the relationship between Danvers and Pete. You know, we know he Pete I mean I mean not Pete, uh, that Hank, John Hawks. We know that he was in charge then she came in, evidently took his job. Now, wow. I heard on a couple of other pods that oh, you know, they were married or that and I don't I didn't get that vibe. Maybe they screwed around. Or maybe he's just pissed off because she took his job and he doesn't care anymore. Um, so, but they don't come out and say it. I mean, she knows about his girlfriends and getting blowjobs from Stacy and different things. <laughs> and he mentioned Which the male order bride. says
0: freely bribe. in front of his son. We know that yeah. the younger, yeah. the younger cop is in Pete, Peter yeah. is in fact Hank's son. But we don't know where we don't know who Peter's mom is. We don't know. We know that Hank is single because he's trying to bring a girl over. He has a mail order bride coming over to him who likes a blue room. But we also, it's the same thing. That's the thing that I wanted to point. I think I had it in the notes where it's, I think that's interesting that you spend a portion of the episode just trying to figure out the relationships between the people how they're related and some of them come out a little quicker like you figure out that peter and hank are father and son because she says it liz says it right like your father and your son right at the end of their initial looking at looking at the uh tars station but some of the other yeah because i think her
1: yeah her, i'm sorry her debt yeah Because Danvers says something about, we know your dad's not a sandwich-making type. Exactly.
0: (laughs) But then the other thing. No, it's fine. Uh, Some of the other relationships, it takes us a little while to even figure out that the two young girls. uh, Let's see. Leah and I'm finding her name. uh, Julia are not. Her biological children just from when she says to her in the doorway, you know, my dad wouldn't have expected you to take care of us. Right. So that yeah. And then we, with the accident, it seems like maybe they had it. I'm proposing that she had a younger son with their father and the son and the father were killed in an accident. Um, Mm -hmm. maybe, but the, but it seems though and the
1: Beatles were stuck playing (laughs) in the car accident. That's why she did not, she had to run and get twist and shout off because she doesn't like the Beatles.
0: Exactly. And actually Joe bear said that on, on the Facebook page. Oh, did he? Yeah. He said (laughs) the Beatles were playing when her husband died in a drunk driver car crash that her stepdaughter alluded to a little musical tie with her personally to the looping TV. Um, Good job, Joe bear. But of course we have to mention when she said that I stopped the, I like hit pause and I said to my wife, Oh my God, can you believe she said that? Because of course, Mark David Chapman shot John Lennon trying to impress Jody Foster.
1: Oh, that's right. So, oh, I didn't even to say
0: I'm bet. not a Beatles fan.
1: Is like, yeah, well, there you go. There you go.
0: I was like, holy shit. Like, is that maybe wow, even too soon? Neat. You know, like, this better have that, to do with oh the story. Oh my God. I
1: totally forgot about that. Yeah.
0: So, oh. it's like, holy shit.
1: I um, mean, and think about it. That, yeah. honestly, I've seen Ferris Bueller a thousand times, and that twist and shout scene, when they were showing clips of of the of the crowd and that African-American construction worker dancing on top like I remember that it, like it was yesterday
0: and I love like, I
1: remember all those people yeah. I remember all their faces and it brought me back for a second I love the uh, way they actually
0: show that on the screen they don't just zoom into the TV and uh, that's another thing that uh like through an editor and like a filmic point of view you're you're trying to always show the person watching the film what is the viewpoint. So when you jump from the actual looking at the screen in a room and the characters are talking to it, and then that is actually on the screen in full like HD, it's kind of breaking the wall. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, Mm -hmm. it, it's unnerving to the viewer. I thought that that was awesome, man. Yeah. Let's, let's do a couple. uh, Let's go to the Facebook page because Andy has a theory. And I think this can lead us to talking about some stuff. Um, This is Andy's theory. Annie's brother, Ryan. Annie, of course, is the woman who was murdered. Right. Who, who's. Yes. Back in the day. When, and we see her brother leaving what looks like a mine or something like that, right? And then they, she goes yeah. back to his house and interviews him. And his brother Ryan said the drinking water went bad three days ago. Good catch, Ando. Sci-fi catch right there. My guess is mm-hmm. that happened near the same time as the incident at the research station. The researchers found or did something that poisoned the water supply. That is what is causing a lot of hallucinations around town because too many people are drinking it. He says, we had a very similar theory on the Yellow Jackets podcast last season. If you watch Yellow Jackets, there is many, many hints. And they even at one point say that a lot of things are happening because they're being poisoned and stuff. Um, The same kind of thing happened in the mines when Annie was killed six years earlier, The same thing was found or unleashed in the mines back then that made people go crazy. I actually think Andy's brother, Ryan, is a prime suspect or connected. He works in the mines. He has a connection to that. He knows the water has gone bad, so he knows not to drink it. Plus, he asked Navarro if it might not be a better idea to stop investigating the case. P.S. I love the episode i think this is an interesting theory solo it lends to the little bit of that hallucinatory plausibility there
1: yeah no i mean i mean ando comes up with some great theories they don't necessarily come true um but he has a way of taking details and and i mean to to do a theory that quick from the first episode. Cause I don't really have any theories under the Beatles playing that me and Joe bear, but like, it's just, it, it's definitely, he, he, the way Andy does, he, he draws me in. Now I start thinking, Oh, wait a minute. Because yeah. I did notice when he, he did say three days ago, um, I, I automatically was like, well, that's the night of the incident. Yeah. And I don't know if true detective will go this way. In season four, but you know how many times we've met a character not seen much of them, and they turn out to be the killer. <laughs> you know, yep. I, you know, so Ando, Ando, great theory. I like um, it. it. It definitely, you know, I hope it's not all hallucinations, but, rem- but we'll never know. You know well, we may hopefully. never know,
0: right, Solo? They might <laughs> oh, we play may it never like know. that. It makes I mean, me it think. Could be, Go ahead.
1: Yeah. It, it, no, no, I was just saying. Because now you're thinking, you know, seeing a polar bear and different things. Is that real? Is that really Mm -hmm. happening? And Mm -hmm. so now Ando's got me thinking, like, man, you know. I'm glad he didn't drop a Kill Bill theory because I would have got sucked in again to another Kill Bill theory. (laughs) Murder at the End of the World reference. But, yeah, no, it's possible. I mean, think about how isolated they are. And for like 30 days of night, they're going to be isolated in darkness. I wouldn't be surprised if so many different things are happening, you know, cause it does seem as soon as it goes dark, this stuff starts happening. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it could be, I mean, I mean, look at Jodie Foster, the hand on the shoulder, you know, I, I just, you know, hearing she's awake. I mean, there's different things. Is it again, spiritual world hallucinations both supernatural. I mean, it again, all, mixes together. all these themes are flying. Yeah, yeah. It all mixes together, and you know, and you know, it's it's just very interesting. You think, you know, especially if you're a first time viewer of True Detective or True Detective: Night Country, I'm going to check it out, and you're expecting just a procedural. You came to the wrong place, but you're going to get more. You're going to get much more. That makes this so interesting. I've said
0: it before. <laughs> Solo selling it, baby. Hey, I got to sell true. This um, is one of the best this shows. This is what I'll it think, makes me so. think about, okay? This is what it makes me think okay. about. I'll, I'll say a couple things along these lines. Because as a huge sci-fi type fan, I grew up reading so many of those books. Your mind just runs through the things, right? Is it really supernatural? Or is there the hallucination thing is like the second thing. Ando hit upon it and it's mentioned the bad water If bad water is mentioned in something, you're like, something's up there. This is the star Trek where the little micro things are in the water, but they, one of the cool things I liked about the beginning of this and their little investigation when they first get to the station is the way they kind of break it down for you. And, and she's like, Hey Peter, what's the kid? What's the kid's name again? Peter, the young kid, is that his name? Peter? Yeah. Peter Pryor, Pe- right?
1: Pete. Peter. She's yeah. like P.P. Peter Pryor picked a pepper.
0: Yeah. P.P. Pick a pepper. She's like, what is this place? Google it. And they start talking, and they start going, and they start telling you. And one of the things you find out is that what they're investigating is evolutionary biology and paleo microbiology. And basically they say, what are they doing here? Oh, they're just trying to figure out the genesis of life, right? Origin of life. The origin of life. So we could have a thing here where perhaps they unearthed something primordial from the ground. It came up in one of their specimens. It made them go nuts but also when we start talking about that, we're talking about the same thing as when the little kid draws that crazy picture, Peter's son, and his hot wife is like, "What?" my grandma tells him the stories. You don't want him to know this the ancient stories. These things kind of start melding together. Yeah. yeah, man. So it's like, and when we we talk about a lot of these kind of uh, native legends and indigenous legends and stories, a lot of times they do involve people smoking the old pipe, ingesting the mushrooms. You know what I'm saying? Those types of things were yeah. a part of the ceremony. That's
1: part of, yeah, that's part of yeah, spirituality, exactly. especially in what we're dealing with here. So that's again doesn't make it not real. Combining.
0: It's like it's no. it's the no. line between. This show, and when some of the interviews, the owner was talking about it, and she was saying that it's exploring that line. We might not go all the way over. Sometimes we might with like a dead guy leading to the bodies. But I like that idea that it could be maybe the thing in the water isn't just, oh, hey, everyone's poisoned, but it does have a connection to the people and to the story and to the murder and when I think about the polar bear has its eye taken out, she had her tongue taken out. And the first thing when we meet Liz Danvers, she can't find her glasses. And immediately I said to myself, this is such a writing thing, right, Solo? I can't oh, find hey, my glasses. Oh, totally what, what are your glasses? Your glasses help you see the truth, what's happening. Then she finds where were her glasses? They were on her the whole time.
1: Yep, they're in a special little pocket that she didn't check.
0: So she's no they know the truth, right? That's like a communicating to us as they as we travel through these weird worlds. Whatever seems to be, is it real, is it not? They just have to keep moving forward, gathering clues from both sides. And I think that's what kind of makes it interesting, is I'm not we may question that, but in like a David Lynch story or a Twin Peaks or something like that, it doesn't really, that kind of dream logic, I'm okay with it. I enjoy that, and I think they've done it very well. I read actually, uh, there's there's some bad review. Oh, I didn't like it too much or blah, blah, blah. I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, yeah. I thought they did a well, great job of mixing that stuff.
1: Yeah, and one thing that seems to... The beginning and the end of the episode really seem to be connected. You got the mass suicide of the reindeer, then it almost seems like a, almost like a mass suicide of all that. Because if you notice, and you got to look really closely now, anything could happen. It seemed like one of the dead bodies, one of the scientists, w- didn't have a shirt on. So I don't know if they all stripped down and then like were led out there into the cold and then just it, it almost felt like that could be a mass suicide like the reindeer um but of course the why how this is happening ah, great
0: point it. solo great point that is it that i love that dude yeah that connects yeah it. so it's very interesting
1: you know and i hope it's not you know how we've seen we've seen the x-files episode thing everything where they're at a space station you know a, a a station in the middle of the Arctic and they start going nuts and attacking each other. This seems more collective and they, I don't think they were attacking each other. It just seemed like it happened. And then it all like, like a mass suicide or something. I I hope it's not them just going crazy. I mean, we do see the we're all dead thing written. And now,
0: which points more to me, that wasn't, I just, I just want to say that to me, point was less supernatural scary and more oh they're they went nuts something made them go nuts it's yeah it but seems we don't more. we
1: but we don't know if that was written before this all happened or they were researching the origin of life and who knows they could have been having a discussion someone's arguing you're right and you're right we're all dead anyway Flashback. we don't know yeah we yeah we don't know why that was written that could be Red herring-ish. It could be something different, or it could be—you know—who knows? It could be the the chain of events that led to their death. Um, oh, wow. But I do like when Rose Agnew, when she's talking with Navarro and saying, "Well, Travis showed me," and, and Navarro's like, "You know, Travis is dead." She's like, "Yeah, no, I know." So it's like she's letting the spirit world in, and she's not crazy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like she's—she's just she sees him for whatever reason, whatever connection. Whether, like you said, it's her son, it could be her husband who's been dead, and you know he just looks younger. You know who knows? It's probably it seems son to me, but you never know. Um, So it it just really is very very interesting. Um, And again, it could be something simple, but the journey to get there, there's going to be a lot of forks in the road, and I'm excited to go on. Now, um, Axel, I'd like to just kind of get into. Do you want to say something? No, I'm ready. Right. You
0: got it. Got oh. me excited. You're like now. Nah. I was like, all right, we're going somewhere. <laughs> we're going in a direction now.
1: We're, we're talking all right, for yeah. fifty Ooh. minutes. Let's do it. Oh, every okay. All right, we got we got a little time left. No, I'm ready. So, I really, I'm really engaged with the Navarro Danvers relationship and mm. what happened. So we know that she was the boss. When, uh, you know, uh, Danvers was the boss, but the, the the murder of Anna K. had already happened. Navarro discovered her. Navarro's working the case. And then, for whatever reason, we don't know why, uh, we assume Danvers came from Minnesota. Shout out to Ando, the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. Minnesota. Uh,
0: oh, I have a theory on this, Solo.
1: Okay. It's, well, g- give I, me a sec. Okay. Oh, go, go. Just go. Now, I think go. we're going to
0: get to the same place. I think that, the things happen at the same time that Navarro went too deep into that case. She, then they were like, get out of here, go to the state troopers. And they demoted Hank at the same time. And they brought in Danvers. You see what I'm saying? I think that this case basically cost Navarro and Hank kind of their careers. Hank probably didn't, deal with it well enough it sounds like he's maybe a bit chauvinistic he wasn't in you know like uh navarro was saying he didn't want to look into the case because it was an indigenous woman right and then right the same thing happened when danvers got there navarro was like reopened the case and was in, like pushing her to do it and then that's what got her sent out to the state troopers is my understanding
1: well, and, and Danvers requested she transfer. Yeah. Like she, 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 she wanted her, and I'm wondering because, you know, you're thinking, and then, of course, you find out she was looking into the case, that Navarro didn't think she was, mm-hmm. and then through their dialogue with what she's followed, you did look into it. So I wondering if she was actually protecting Navarro because she knew a case like this would absolutely destroy her. Oh, and that's to a good to point. try to refocus. Yeah,
0: because she says, and, and, remember, she says, nobody did it. This place did it. And when someone says something like that, they might, yeah. could also mean the powers that be had something to do with it. She was pro te- like, get the hint.
1: She, I got the feeling, yeah, that she's doing the tough love thing. I mean, you know, it's funny because Danvers and Navarro could be male characters as well the way they're written, but I love it that they're females and that they're, you know, it's just not your typical, you know, ma- males with, you know, having a side piece and being tough. I'd love the fact that they're females because even though, um, you know, the spirits might take an old white woman away, <laughs> whatever she said, but like it, it's it just the strength of them. I'm just yeah, I'm drawn to it. And in order to do this job in this, in this type of atmosphere, <laughs> You need to be tough, and you can't be weak, and you need to. But I just feel that Danvers is maybe showing tough love towards Navarro, but at the same time trying to protect her in ways. I don't think it's just a I hate you, whatever. You know, There's got to be more to it. Now, they may not get along, and after this case, who knows? uh, It's not like they're going to have barbecues together. There's something else going on. So I, I, that I'm interested in finding out really what went wrong there. Was she just totally blind or was Danvers actually trying to help her? Cause she knew where she was going to kind of save her, you know, save her mentality and, and, and her career. I, you know, I know it, it was a peg down, but it just seems like I'm really interested th- the, the dynamic of their relationship from the past. What's led to now. I really do. Uh, and th- that, intrigues me. And they did it in such a way that I, am you know, I'm asking all these questions that I'm wondering, but they, they, there's so much to it. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's, uh, man, it, it, they're, they're well-written characters and just, again, the backdrop is amazing and where we're going with whether or not it's supernatural, spiritual, whatever, it, it's fascinating. Um, I really liked Pete's uh, girl when she's, when she's like, "Why? how did I fall for a white boy? Like, I don't know. That actress is very, very interesting. I hope she has a bigger role. Uh, I want to say I've seen her in something else, but I can't remember off the bat. Um, and, of course, Fiona Shaw, had great casting there. She's a fantastic actress, as we talked about in the uh, preview pod. Yeah, baby. Uh, what's next, Axel? What's next?
0: Brett, Theory. Quavik, the guy that Navarro was fucking, is in on it, and Navarro will figure it out when she uncovers a SpongeBob reference in the evidence. Of course. Maybe. Uh, I laugh, Maybe. but that could actually happen. Um, Francine says, I'm here for this. Um, when... Evangeline Navarro, the state trooper is haunted by the unsolved murder of a local woman describes what she found when she found the body was just devastating. She says there was so much hate they kicked her after she was dead. I mean, that's why she can't let go of this case until she solves it. And why would you take a woman's tongue? Obviously to shut her up. So we have secrets to be revealed mysteries to be solved. I'm excited. Um, Let's see. Oh, wait, she has a little story. Lori says the windshield dropped to minus 19 last night and the snow on the ground made it really quiet. No one was out unless they really needed to go outside. I didn't want to be interrupted, so I took the dogs out right before watching the episode. When I was outside, you could hear the ground crunching with my steps in their steps. I sat down in the dark to watch the episode after taking the dogs outside. It was the perfect setting to start watching this season. Andy says, oh. you yeah, I like that. This is almost exactly the same experience I had, except it was a balmy, a balmy minus 17 when I took our dog oh, out. Balmy. Just balmy. Huh. It was kind of cold. All Where right. We had balmy? some good feedback there. And, and we mentioned Joe I like talking it. Keep about it beetles. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we got to talk about in this episode. Any specific? We mentioned a lot of... It, I think I don't know Solo you got anything else that's well, calling out to you?
1: No just I love the uh Lone Star beer reference to season 1 McConaughey drinking Lone oh, Star beer.
0: Oh nice. A little bottle I of Lone Star that. beer.
1: It wasn't a can, it wasn't a can that he crushed but yeah, right on the table um in in this in the uh science station there's a Lone Star beer there. I did find it weird the guy made some popcorn and, like, settled in like he was ready to watch a movie, and the movie's almost over during the twist and shout sequence. <laughs> so maybe he just got up and wanted to get some popcorn for the fa- for the end of the movie. But that seems so weird. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I know. Like, it's, it wasn't like, you know. That is true. And it wasn't like they couldn't turn it off. It was just that that kid couldn't figure out how to turn it off, right? So they yeah. knew how there
1: to There was a glitch it. in it, yeah. so there definitely was... Uh, Maybe they was played so much it had probably thumbprint or scratch or whatever. Now there was a lot of physical media, Axel. I like it. And a lot of it was from, you know, they had uh, aliens, Ferris Bueller from the eighties. You had a bunch of stuff from the late nineties to early two thousands. Okay. Lord of the Rings, uh, Smallville, (laughs) uh, like a complete series of Smallville. You you. Um, I didn't see all this. You. I like this. Yeah. There was. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. I know the Waltons was playing. Uh, and there I, I think One Tree Hill was another. It, it, so oh, you had stuff all over the map there. And, I, and I'm wondering if, I don't know if those are HBO properties or they're allowed to do it, but it was interesting. Um, you know, some of the physical media that was there. It was, uh, you know, you get a lot of time. You know, you got to binge stuff. So just yeah. a couple of a couple of physical media stuff and really at uh, I believe it was Ryan's place the Welches just shot out at me uh, on the uh, on the, the the kitchen table it was just Welches i was like whoa so Man. a lot of nostalgia a lot of nostalgia definitely uh, grown up as a kid with some of this stuff
0: and they did a great job the um, production building all those sets and everything, it looks that you, you really get that feeling. I I was kind of surprised that the station itself looks so clean and so nice. And then when you get to everyone's uh, apartments and houses, it's so claustrophobic, right? Like it's all like little rooms and it looks like dorm rooms. And that's kind of what I imagine. um, When I think about, being
1: it felt very european Axel, Mm. because a lot of european apartments are smaller for smaller people uh they're very like can be claustrophobic and that that, that's you know kind of the you know but it's also too i mean you're not make uh, you're probably not making a hell of a lot of money i i doubt there's many mansions out there yeah you know so it's you know it is what it is but yeah um, I want to ask you definitely uh, have that enclosure
0: uh, I got one more question for you solo at the end mm-hmm. we see all the dead bodies in the ground it really only looks like maybe two or three got there were three? more guys yeah there felt, were more guys than I
1: felt that. there was I felt there was three but I don't know yeah. we, we didn't see the whole thing we just saw the three that are sticking out I think
0: Oh, they okay. didn't really expand okay. the
1: shot. So we don't know if, you know, they're under, cause it's been three days. So we could have had some snowfall cause we really jumped from the night of darkness on the 17th to the 20th. So on the 18th and 19th, we don't know. There's probably some snowfall. I mean, so, I mean, I'm assuming it happened the night of the, I mean, they definitely left the station. You know, it's been a couple of days at least. And we were assuming this all happened that night uh cuz the way everything was left so and you know the whole Ferris Bueller thing so i mean and then there's some things throughout the show when they speak and then all of a sudden lights kind of go out and back up you know there's different things happening so um did you uh, real quick uh when Navarro's in her in her uh, SUV going before she sees the polar bear she's talking with someone and then all of a sudden it, it, it like you know the, the call or something really like, it's not just a drop call. It's their static and different things. Yeah. So,
0: that happened a couple times.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's some sort of anomaly, something, you know, there's all these little traces of things. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, so there's all, there's so much detail. I, I urge you guys who are listening, go back and rewatch the episode. Uh, seriously, if you, you know, because you pick up a little more detail, And everything, with even with the dialogue, and I mean, like any other show. But this show in particular, um, I really benefited from watching it twice because I really got a sense of some things that I definitely missed. When you're first watching it, you're so pumped and excited and you're into it. But, you know, there's other things. And hopefully on this pod, we'll try to do that, get you to start thinking, send in feedback, because, you know, we're going to be all over the map. We're not a recap show. We just kind of dive in. We, we, we'll recap some things that happen, but we don't go scene by scene. Me and Axel, if you listen to us before, we like to go at it organically and just kind of dive in, bring in some of your theories, your comments, then it sparks something. So that's kind of how we do it. So um, we assumed everyone has watched the episode when you're listening, so we don't have to r- recap it already, but... Um, so it, it, it's, it's kind of, I'm excited to go on this journey with your brother. Once again, it's been five years since we've done a true detective. Uh, yeah. so it, it's, it feels like longer than that, actually, to be honest. Uh, but I'm just excited. And I love that, um, you know, Jodie Foster and Kylie Reese, um, you know, I think she was a former boxer too. And she's from, yeah. from in Rhode Island Yes, where actually... I was born, baby.
0: Yeah, there were two um, two posts on our Facebook page. Uh, James had posted that, yeah, she was a former boxer. And as I said in our intro, she had done, written, and directed, I think like a short. But she's a former pro boxer and world champion in two weight classes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then also... Ain't going to mess with her. No, <laughs> no, sir. Also, our man Bill Kava points out that both the holdovers, the Alexander Payne movie, which I have you seen the holdover solo?
1: Not yet. It's on so Peacock. Good. I'm gonna watch it.
0: Yep, it's awesome. Both that and this start on December December seventeenth. So it's like a kind of a crossover. They both have titles on the screen that say like oh, December seventeenth.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the leftovers was in the physical media.
0: Oh so really? You know. And guess and yes. that's what I was gonna say. HBO. Hold up.
1: It's got
0: to be HBO properties who Christopher Eccleston, who was in the leftovers. Of course, we famously remember is in this show. And I think he was, brief. Yeah. he briefly says something to her about the case in the police station. She like walks by him or something, but he's only in it oh, for like a quick that. second. Yeah. But oh, I, I think he's, he's okay. going to become a bigger part. He's a of prominent. The show. Yeah. He's a yep. bigger
1: part. Um yeah, so I'm starting to think a lot of the HBO Warner Brothers properties are what the physical media that make that seems to be the common denominator. Yep. So they they have the rights so they can throw whatever they want, I guess. So that's pretty cool. All
0: right, baby.
1: Um, yeah. Dig it. Good episode. I'm, just, I'm not gonna Hey, remember. Remember this before you go. You know, cold cuts can, you know. Survive the apocalypse. That's so, I, I don't want to have a sandwich for a few days after seeing that. Okay. Mayo, running mayo. Uh, anyway, go, Axel.
0: You, you obviously haven't left sandwiches in the backseat of a car overnight, so <laughs> um, Oh,
1: I have. I have.
0: That was very scientific. Um, great episode. Yeah. We're going to be back. There's only five more episodes. It's a quick one, only six episodes. And I read an interview that that is how the showrunner wanted it. She wanted, um, Issa Lopez wanted just to do six episodes. She thought that that was a good length for this one. So it wasn't, because I was listening to another podcast where they were like, did HBO give them less money because it's a female centered thing? It's like, no, actually Oh, unless on. she's lying she said in the interview i they yeah. wanted more episodes actually and i said no uh, they wanted to do as many as 10 and i said no i want to only do sex and i like that i think that's the old british way right six It's like slow yeah. horses six ep- baby
1: yeah six episodes or like three hour and a half episodes yep. that's yep. very british um they they gave kate winslet and mayor of east town more than 6 episodes. I, know, I, I don't I, know. Buy, I don't buy the woman thing. I I buy the you know that this is damn good and you got some great people attached and HBO would love 10 episodes, I'm sure. Yeah. Cuz they it already spent a lot of money that. as you can tell. Yeah, it looks great.
0: All right, well thank you everyone for listening. Thanks for downloading Solo, another great episode. We'll be back next week. We'll have some more Answers probably a lot more questions. Join our Facebook page, Daily DVR, a TV and film Facebook page, and uh, drop it over there. We'll see if Andy's theories are right, we'll see if Brett's theories are right. You can listen to us on Around the Couch. We'll be talking about the NFL playoffs. I think Andy might stop by to talk a little TV roundup maybe later in the week. Who knows? That could be occurring. And uh, we'll take it from there. Any last words, Solo?
1: No, great show. I'm looking forward to diving into these next five. And uh, remember, Axel, I mean, you could, anytime you want, come over to my place, get some junk food, and watch The Bachelor. Even though I won't watch The Bachelor with you, I'll be in the other room. Peace.